Okay, um, we're going to talk about a new product, um, something that's it's called Julie's, or Coffee Julie's. Um, what it is is as follows. Uh, two people came up with this invention. Um, this is what they look like. Uh, they look like these um, large, just, I just need the pack. Large, no, they're not food, like a large uh, stainless steel coffee bean. And, and what you do with this is, you dump this into your coffee, and what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to absorb the heat from your drink very quickly. So it cools down your coffee to 140 degrees, which they consider to be the right drinking temperature. And then as your drink cools down, as it starts to cool down, it releases that energy back into your coffee so that your coffee stays at 140 degrees. So this way, as soon as you make your coffee, you should drink it, you're able to drink it right away because it's not too hot. And then it stays nice and hot for long, longer because it's, this thing is just pumping heat back into your coffee, keeping it hot. Okay, so it, it's meant to make it really wonderful for drinking coffee. Okay? Um, most definitely an interesting idea. Um, and what we're going to talk about is uh, a couple of issues, depending on time and how much we'll talk about. We'll definitely start with the first one. Uh, after we get through some details, we're going to talk about the first one, which is um, cautious of it. Are you, are you actually allowed to use this? Um, is it considered kosher? Um, if we have time, give me a second, I'll get to it. <coughs> if we have time, we'll talk about, um, if we have time, we're going to talk about, if we have time, we're going to talk about using it on Shabbos and some other smaller issues that are also, okay? Depending on time-wise and how quickly people want that money. Okay. Um, what is this? What's inside of this thing? It's, it's, the outside is stainless steel. Okay, but that's not what makes it work. What makes it work is something inside. It's called a phase change material. Okay, the company is, as you can imagine, very uh, tight-lipped about what this is made out of, because that's their trade secret, what they put inside of this thing. Um, so what we did is we were trying. We had to figure out. We were trying to figure out what's inside of it, and we have a pretty good idea now what's what's actually in there. Um, we did that based on a couple things. We used the information they gave us. Who's who? The company that makes it. No, I mean who's CRC or yeah. you? Me. Um, so the, the, they gave us, a, they have a little information. You'll hear in a second what little information they do tell you about it. Um, we <coughs> read lots of scientific information about it. There's, there's all kinds of papers about, about phase change materials, PCM, phase change materials. And um, we then did, we looked at it, we played with it, and sent it to, for analysis at a CRC company whose lab played around with it also um, and actually confirmed what we guessed the thing was. Okay, the company says this is made with a phase change material, it melts at 140 degrees, and when I spoke to, when I emailed them myself, they told me that what's in there is made out of plants. Okay, what's in there is made out of plants. Okay. Okay, we went ahead and bought a set, as you can see, we bought a set. The set that we bought came with five. There are four over here, because the other one was cut open, okay, and we looked inside them to see what was inside of it. Okay, you can't see the pictures so great on the paper here, but we cut it open. Inside is a waxy, white waxy material. It looks sort of like a Shabbos candle. Okay, that's, just put it in perspective. It's a little crumbly and waxy. Um, and this is, what does it mean that something is a phase change material? What on earth does that mean? That means as follows. When you take something that's a solid and you change it into a liquid, excuse me, that is to say you warm it up to the point that it becomes a liquid, phase change materials take a lot of energy to switch them from being a solid into being a liquid. So when this material that's in here is a kind of material that as it switches from being a solid to being a liquid, it has to absorb a lot of energy to get that far. Which is to say, if you take a liquid, let's say you take a cup of water, and you, and you heat it up from 
50 degrees to 60 degrees. Okay, you have to put 10, so let's say 10 degrees worth of heat into that. When you want when you want to heat, make something from a solid into a liquid, certain things from a solid into a liquid, you don't just you don't just add in one more degree to make it cross the line. You have to add in extra energy. Okay? That's called that energy is called heat of fusion. Okay, and that a phase something that has a phase change material is one that's going to absorb a lot of heat. And the goal is as follows: in here right now is a solid. I told you it looks like a Shabbos candle, like a, a, a waxy material that's inside of here. It, when it will absorb heat from your coffee, turn into a liquid, but it absorbs a lot of heat to get it to go from being solid to liquid. In fact, when we took the stuff and dunked it into hot water, when it was open, it turned into liquid. Rabbi Asimov was sitting next to me, and you could see the stuff just bubbling up as it was melting away, and we have pictures of it afterwards, and you see the stuff just melted away into a liquid, and it just boiled, it's like an oily substance coming to the top of the water, uh, which eventually chilled. Once it chilled, it re-solidified. Okay, and that's what happens. The stuff just m- is inside. It's going on. It's melting away. As it melts away, it becomes uh, that liquid. To become a liquid, that, to cross the line from being solid to liquid, it absorbed a lot of energy. And that's what it gives back to you. Okay? This does it at 140 degrees. And it does it well. It has a high, a high heat of fusion that does it. Okay? What are these Julie's. Okay, they're called Julie's. One of them is called the Julie. Okay, now really, probably, grammatically, if one was a Julie, then two should be July, but I guess they didn't yeah. do that. It was a good one. It's, it's, uh, it's a Julie, I like the, the energy. Right, I guess they're, it's a mix of that word, yeah. Julie. It's a it's a Julie. Yeah. It's 100 okay. degrees, so cool it to 140 and maintain that temperature. Okay, and then he... Okay, now $10 a piece. Okay, so... Hooker chips. Okay, now, yeah, don't walk off with them. Okay, so now, we did, then we went to look at the... There's l- many scientific papers on this thing called phase change materials. It has a lot to do with um, solar energy and main- storing energy and saving energy. So there's lots of papers written about it, okay? And in looking through these papers, um, which are, must be terribly exciting for people who into this stuff, okay, the pages and pages of this stuff, they have dozens of materials that can do this, each one with their own state. We looked through it and we said, okay, which one can do it at 140 degrees? Which one is potentially a plant material? They're claiming at least that it's a plant material. It's food safe. Okay, that's for sure it is, that it's food safe. So which, which, what matches all those things? We went through dozens and dozens of these, and it came out that the cha- likelihood was that what this is made out of is what's called palmitic acid. Okay, we had a chance that maybe it was maristic acid, another item. I'll tell you what those are in a second. Um, then when we sent it off to a lab, to one of, the, one of the companies that we certified, we sent it to a lab for them to look at it and, and investigate and figure out what it is. They put it through what's called the GC, gas chromatography, and popped out, what do you think it is? Palmitic acid. It is palmitic acid. They have traces of oleic. The oleic is not on purpose because oleic doesn't do that. Oleic is not a phase change material. So it's palmitic acid. Okay, what is that? Okay, what's palmitic acid? Um, palmitic acid is a, what's called a fatty acid. Okay, a fatty acid means as follows: If you take an oil or a fat, if you take an oil or a fat, this is what it looks like. Um, you know, in, in its in its. What it looks like is, I, I'm not very good at drawing, it looks like something in the sh- shape of a letter E, okay, and it has these little wavy, what we call like, these wavy lines coming out of it, okay. Well, this letter E is what we call glycerin, and these wavy lines are called fatty acids. Depending on which fatty acids are attached to your glycerin, gives different properties to your oil or your fat. The reason why olive oil is a liquid at room temperature, and animal fat is a solid, is because they have different, what they call fatty acids attached to them, okay. They put oil or fat into this 
huge machine. I mean, it's 100 feet tall. Okay, huge machine at very high temperatures, like, like 700 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay, huge temperatures. And they split it into the glycerin and the fatty acids. Well, that equipment that they use for... Then there are other processes that they do to this. To get what, and one of, the, one of the fatty acids is called palmitic acid. Palmitic acid usually comes from animal fat. Okay, usually if you go out and put, sort of think, in the market to find palmitic acid, you're usually going to be getting it from animal fat. However, they're claiming that it comes from plate material, which is reasonable. It very possibly does come from it. Maybe Umar and Nafshi will let us believe them that it comes from plate material. But that doesn't make it kosher. Coming from plate material doesn't make it kosher because the equipment that's used to create animal palmitic acid is exactly the same equipment that's used to create vegetable palmitic acid. It means if you put in, uh, I forgot which animal fats create lots of palmitic acid into there, you're going to get that. Five minutes later, you'll put in palm oil. That's why it's called palmitic acid. There's a lot of it in palm oil. Uh, you put in palm oil and get the same thing out of it. So palmitic acid may come from vegetable sources. That doesn't mean it's kosher. Oh, it's because it gets inside the metal, so why should that be a problem? Getting inside. Good question. Getting inside. So now, now at least we know what we're looking at. We have, we have an idea what's in here. We've got this stainless steel container, and inside of it is this waxy material, which is palmitic acid. It could be animal fat. They're claiming that it's not. It's made out of vegetable oil, let's say out of palm oil. Let's say we accept that. That doesn't mean it's yet kosher. So the question is, I have something in this container, I have something that might be not kosher. Can I dunk that into my coffee? That's really my question. Can I don't think they actually don't, they recommend you put it in and then pour the coffee on top of it. But it's not coming. It's what? It's, it's not, not coming? Okay, that was his question. Okay, so, so let's, let's think about that. Is that or is that not, uh, is that an issue? Okay. So, I, I'm going to, since you asked the question, I'll, I'll address it now. Um, there's, there's a Shiloh, it's in Simitari Bays. Simitari, I think it's in Simitari Bays. Um, the, the, uh, it's a din of Tipas Hall. Shinafal Kadera. Okay, for anybody who learned there day, when you learned it, most people thought it was completely, they could never dream of a situation where it would happen. It happens to be, not just for this, but it's very, again, in um, industrial kashas. It has very, very serious applications to that, which is, the, the, the din is, what happens if you have a pot of food cooking, of meat cooking, and milk spills on the outside of it? Okay, well, does that milk get in, does, does the bleed of the milk go through the metal and into the food on the inside, or does it not get in? Okay? <laughs> it's a machlokes whether it does or doesn't. There's a machlokes. Well, some people say the machlokes is does it go through at all? But some people say the machlokes is how much of it goes through. There's a machlokes how to understand that thing. It happens to be the shukmarach is machmer on that thing. Misafik. Because of the potential shayla we're machmer about that thing. So potentially the, 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 if there's iser in here that iser will spread through the metal and come out into your drink. Okay, so that's a Shiloh. Are you allowed to do that? Is there a reason to think that you should be allowed to do that or not? Okay, now, the fact that that is only a suffix, we're machmir for that suffix, there's going to be something to, to reckon with. Okay, maybe else have other ideas why you should be able, why should you be allowed to use that? I just told you that what's in here might be trade. Okay, so are you, any other reasons why you should be allowed to dunk that into your coffee? Is it nice and time? Okay, so one very good reason is, one very good reason is, if you taste the stuff, we had someone, someone tasted it. Tasted it. And said, the stuff has almost, basically has no taste. If you look at it, everybody who looked at the material, okay, it's been open in my office for a couple of days, looks at it and says, that stuff I'm sure doesn't taste like anything. And in fact, someone tasted it. In fact, the scientific books will tell you that it basically has no taste. So it has, but it does have something called mouthfeel. Okay? Which is to say, 
it, scientists split up what we call taste and what we call mouthfeel, meaning how it feels in your mouth, the oily taste that you feel in your mouth. Both of those are probably considered tam for the dinner bisser, but it has very little of any taste for that matter. The Ramah says in Kuf Gimel, the Ramah says that if you have a food that has no tam to it, not, not that it has a tam, the shaktuk is a different case. You have a food that's nice and tam, but that tam doesn't improve or detract from the food. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a food that has no taste to it at all. There are muscles if it has no taste to it at all. What's the deal? You're not allowed to eat it if it's strafe. You're not allowed to eat it, but it doesn't make other foods strafe. If it doesn't have any tam of its own, it doesn't, it's not nice and harm to other foods. So one good reason to think that you should be allowed to, to use it is because if it in fact has no taste to it, then the fact that it's in there, it can't get bleeds into my coffee because there is no time. Time only is a problem when it spreads to something else. There is no time in here to spread to something else. Good. The chachila. You're allowed to. The Ramos talking about the Ramos talking about the case of the You're allowed to use it. He's talking about. It. Okay. Well, it's not being bought. Listen, the chachila. You're allowed to. <coughs> what did you say? Okay. So you. Oh, let, let me let me think about that for a second. Let me think about that for a second. The Ramos case is a reasonably l'chatchila, but you're saying this, maybe in most cases because you've got stuck with the thing in there, but it's a bit l'chatchila for you to take it and dunk it in when it's not, because essentially, it's going to be bottled. Um, so I, I'm not sure if that's correct. I'm not sure if that's correct because, I, I'm not sure that's correct because I'm not putting, I'm not putting the, I'm not taking some of this stuff and plopping it into my food and saying, it's going to be bottled. I'm saying is, I'm putting this container in, the container's coming out the same way it did. The question is, is any time leaking from here into my food? There's no time. There isn't any, there is, doesn't have any time. The issue with time is that since it gives time, it's not a bottle. It doesn't give time, it's not a bottle. You need bit of a roid. You need... And why Why? not you understand this? Okay, if there's ben, then you need bit of a roid, and the blaze need bit of a shishim. But over here there's no ben. Here we're only talking about a blaze. So is there, is there such a thing? Well, I have to think about that. It's a fair question. Is there such a thing as a blaze when it has, it has no time to it? There's no, no time, there's no... There's, there's no, there's no, right, okay, I, that's a fair question, I can think about that. The Ramos case is, is a case where you're sort of stuck with the food, so maybe that's, maybe that's different. So, I'll think about that, I'm not sure. But I'm thinking is, well, how do we know that it really has no time? Okay, we had one guy tasted it and said it didn't have time. The books say it sort of has no time, it sort of has no time to it. Um, so how, how much do we trust, how much, how reliable is that? Okay, you know, th- th- there's a whole discussion in, in the past. Uh, about, are you allowed to taste it? Could, are you allowed to taste it? And there's a Yagyud, well, how much would he have to taste? You have to swallow the stuff, you just put it on your mouth, how do you decide how much you have to taste it before you decide that it, how much, whether something has common? Okay, that's one side. The other side is, the other side is, as I told you, everybody who looked at the stuff said, that stuff can't have any taste to it. And the case, wait, wait, let me just finish my thought. The, the case of the Ramah is, Ragli um, Dvarim, Okay, leg, bees' legs that are in honey. Okay, and the Ramah says they have no taste to them, and therefore you don't have to be worried about bleas coming out from those ragli dvarim into the food. Okay, now, how many people around the table here think that the Ramah went and tasted ragli dvarim to decide that they have no taste to them? He didn't go around taking bites out of ragli dvarim or read scientific literature on them. He looked at it, and somehow he made a judgment. I don't know how he made the judgment, but it was a judgment. He looked, he says, those stuff can't taste like anything. 
Okay? The, that judgment is what everybody who looked at the stuff, look, go home on Shabbos and look at your Shabbos candle. They're not made out of pumpkin gas. Look at your Shabbos candle and say, is that the thing that tastes like anything? It doesn't have, you, we imagine it doesn't have any taste. You're saying, you're saying that, that some of it can be made out of animals and uh, plants. Would, would the animal stuff taste like anything where the plant wouldn't? Palmitic acid would taste the same regardless whether it came from animal or plant. Actually, it's interesting that some of the scientific descriptions of it <laughs> say that when there's a taste to it, it's due to the impurities. In other words, depending on how pure it is, it's not the palmitic itself that has a taste. It's the other things that are in it that make it taste like something. Okay. Um, now, there's another question also, is that even if we'll say that we're able to trust people on what the thing tastes like, there's a... There's a the, the Ramah says, it's not in the, in the Shulchan Aruch Ramah, in his Shuvah Sefer, it's called, I'm sorry, in another Sefer that he wrote called Teres Chathas. The Ramah says, and the Shach in Shulchan Aruch talks about it more strongly, um, that nowadays we don't rely on people's tasting foods as a lechatchila. We rely on people's tastes of a food when we got stuck with something. Something happened, and we're stuck with a food in a certain situation, then if a Yid tastes it, we could rely on what he did. If we have, let, the, the case that he's talking about is, what happens if we have a food that was cut with a fleshuk knife? Okay, was a food, and we want to know does it have a tam of fleshuk or not. So the Shulchan Aruch says, what you do is, a yid tastes it. If it tastes fleshuk, then you can't eat it with cheese. If it doesn't taste fleshuk, you can eat it with cheese. Because once the yid tasted it, the yid said, it doesn't taste like meat. And the, the, the Ramah says, okay, it's in Torah's hot, this is not on the page. The Ramah says, no, no such thing. Nowadays, we don't, we don't accept a, a yid tasting it for lechatchila. Meaning, you have a choice. You can put cheese onto it, or you cannot put cheese onto it. Lechatchila, you're not allowed to do that. For situations where you're stuck, that's where we would rely on a yid tasting it. But for cases of lechatchila, when a person wants to go ahead and ask, I'll do something with it, you wouldn't trust him. Well, maybe that should apply here also. we got a, a dozen yid who are going to taste it. All you guys around the table can all taste it. And tell me it doesn't taste like anything. The Ramah says, don't do that for the Chathila. Maybe we shouldn't trust people like that. How, how, how do you turn it? How is it going to So, the cases of the Ramah, in this case, in this case that's so that's a Taz, we're not talking about that. There's a Taz about things that are assumed to be, if, if something would be assumed to be kosher, you might be allowed to taste it in your mouth. Put it in your tongue, which is only a Drabonan, so it's only a Safa Drabonan, you might be allowed to taste it. A taz at the beginning, I think Tzadik I forget where. Whether you might be allowed to put it on your tongue, which is only a Drabonan, and then there's a Shaila, if that's good enough. We, we didn't talk about that. Let's say I tasted it. I was allowed to. Huh? Am I allowed to decide it doesn't have a taste if I didn't swallow it? Okay, that, that's its own time. We, 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 we sort of ignored that. Okay. Um, but I have, let's go back here. But let's remember, all these questions of can we assume that it has no taste is not for a food that anyone's going to eat. It's all for a shayla of blee going through the clean. <laughs> that's all the question is about blee going through the clean. This is not for something to eat. So that gives it a more of a cool. There's a, there's a shaf that brings, that even though usually we say things have to be bought to Bashishim, we don't pay attention to Tom, in situations like this, where basically it's not giving Tom, you could get away with less than Shishim. Okay, the Shachas says like that. So, over here, where we're basically pretty sure that it has no Tom to it, or we're, we're leaning in that direction that it has no Tom, and we don't want to eat it, no one wants to eat this up, and they're not even for sure that it's us, it's only Suffolk, yes sir, maybe it's good enough to take it. Why can you get, if it's palm, the acid, right? Palm it. Get the kosher That's correct. We can do it. Right. In problem? this case, it would be an example, just like the Ramos cases are people taking, they taste truma, 
it's right. easy. It doesn't taste like trumah. It doesn't taste like fleshy. We're tempted to think you could eat it, but it has a shame again. Right. 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 Go ahead, go to a go to a company that has kosher palmitic acid and take a scoop of it. You know, just you want to know if it has any comp- Does palmitic acid taste like anything? So we'll get a box of it, and everyone can take a scoop of it. Yeah, kosher palmitic acid and trade palmitic acid taste the same. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the, the same, same material. You have the same, even if it's from an animal, it's going to taste the same. Again, right. it, I, I, I can't say that it's going to taste a hundred percent the same. Which is to say, there are impurities that come through that might affect the taste. But by and large, it's going to taste like what it is. Whether it's made on kosher kale or trafe kale, it's going to have a minimal comfort. Whether they make it out of animal or out of plant. Right, it's going to have the same taste to it. Right, that's what's, that's what's, it's a surprise. But oils and fats are, are the, the pieces are all the same. It's just a matter of how you mix and match them. Depends on whether you come out with olive oil, animal fat, canola, all these different things. It's just a matter of mixing, so to speak, mixing, mixing and matching. Okay. So the Ramah says we don't. The Machari says we do. We don't try to become that nowadays. Maybe with all these syrup made, but again, we have an, an option of a yit tasting it. Like Rabbi Esmol said, so we'll get some kosher stuff. We can have a yit taste. We don't need a goy. And that's where Ramah allows, but not lechatchila. So and that's the situation of lechatchila. Our problem is: is it animal or? No. Even if it's vegetable, it might not be kosher. It still might not. We don't know. I mean, it may or may not be kosher. We don't know. We're stuck on that. Okay. But there's a better reason to say why she'd be allowed to use it. Okay. And the second reason to assume why you'd be allowed to use it is, what do you, what do, you do with this? Okay. You, you don't put this into a clearition. You don't put this, a clearition is the pot that you cook the food with. No one put, you're not supposed to put it into a clearition. That's clear in your, their directions. What you do with it is, you put it into your mug and you pour coffee on top of it. Or, or, like people who are more lazy, will pour the coffee and then dunk it in afterwards. Now, it's not even, it's not even irreclusion, because the rule of irreclusion is, irre only works for the first thing that it hits. Okay, or what is it going to hit when it lands on this thing? A piece of kosher stainless steel. Okay, the, 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 the transfer of times from the inside, the, the phase change material into the, into the beverage is coming as a cliché. Okay, well, what's the din of a cliché? Okay, what's the din? What's the blee of a cliche? In a cliche, the blee only goes kade klipa. Okay, well, kade klipa, a, a thin layer is worth. Okay, the, the, this metal is more than a kade klipa. The blee can't get out of this thing to get through into the food. Okay? And even cliche is not even also but the oven. But even on the chakil level that it is, it's only kade klipa. Okay, so you, you can only get kade klipa means you can't get it out of here. It can't get out of the container. The trace is on the inside. It can't get into the outside. Which, which would, would mean is, you shouldn't follow the directions and ever stick it in the dishwasher. Okay? Dishwashers, potentially, depending on how you set up, may be a cleavation, so don't do that. If you're taking it home, don't take it out, don't follow the directions and, and they say you can't put it in the dishwasher, no, just wash it in the sink. Okay? But if you would put it into the dishwasher, you might mess yourself up by turning, that's a cleavation, potentially. Um, but if you use it in the coffee, you have a much more straightforward head to which is, the, the, it's only in a cliche, in a cliche, you can't get bleed that more than they creep means is you can't get the bleed out of them, out of the thing. <laughs> so, even though in Din we say bleeds go through a cleat, we are machmed to say that a tipa skull goes through a cleat, that's when it's on the fire. But a bleed doesn't go through a cleat, can't go through a cleat, it's not possible to get through a cleat when it's only in a cliche. I've heard that, that it's, a, it's very depends on your dishwasher and depends on who, which, who you ask the question to and that's really not what we have to talk about okay so it's it's, its own question okay let's, let's say that let's say that uh, let's say that the dishwasher is a clear let's even say it is a clear reason, so don't put it in the dishwasher okay that's fair okay so to sum up this part I don't, I don't know how many people are running and they get the charges okay, we'll see how, how, how patient people are um, the, the dishwasher the, the, what came out is, is that we had a bunch of stuff to think why 
it might be mutter. Each one of them has reasons why, better and worse why it is. Uh, between all of them, okay, between all of them have four or five reasons that are to the evidence or with question or more solid to them. And between the, now I'm not telling you what you should do with them, but between them, there definitely seems to be good basis for being able to go home and use it um, weekdays. We use it. Okay. We mentioned, I didn't get that yet. I'm, I'm, if I have time, I'm going to get to that. Okay. Am I patient? Some people have What? Can I tell you? Okay. Well, some of you might want to. We have five minutes. I'll do what I can. Okay. Show me your five minutes. Okay. We'll talk about. Okay. We'll talk about using it on Shabbos. Okay. The the uh, just a drop of chazor for a minute on the rules of using using for a Shabbos. Just before we get to using this, just a drop of rules that are official. Okay. The rule is if a food is cooked once before is cooked. Once it was cooked once, it can't be cooked again. That rule as basically applies to, to solids. It does not apply to liquids, because for a liquid, what's considered cooked is when you heat it up. So that means is when you cool it back down, it's no longer uh, cooked anymore. It's sort of uncooked, and there is visual afterwards if you do that. Okay, so the Mughal says, what happens if you have a food that is, sometimes it's a liquid and sometimes it's a solid? Animal fat. Okay, you have congealed animal fat. Well, right now, it's a solid. It was cooked. You cooked up a piece of chicken, and there's congealed animal fat sitting on the side of the chicken. Okay, it's a salad. But when you're going to cook it, guess what's going to happen? It's going to turn to a liquid. Okay, so do you say, ain't bishlach because it was, a, it was already cooked, and it's a salad, well, salad ain't bishlach or do you say, wait a second, as soon as you heat it up, as soon as you stick it on top of your chones, what's going to happen is it's going to turn into a liquid. Turns into a liquid, ah, oh, liquid, yes, bishlach So is it a liquid or is it a salad? The Mughan Rum says, it's a liquid. I'm sorry, it's a salad. Sorry, it's a salad. You can cook it again. You can put it on there. Aim bishalach of on the animal fat because it's now it's a salad. It has bishal to it. It can't be cooked again. So you have chicken with your uh, duck sauce and that duck sauce. Duck. Is I didn't say duck sauce. Okay, animal fat. Animal fat. R- Ramosha and, and Rosham Zaman have an argument as to whether that applies the same thing to items that are cooked as liquids, like duck sauce. They're talking about butter. If the butter was cooked when it was a liquid, okay, the animal fat was cooked. Well, it was cooked. Rishon Zalman says, you know, I'm, I'm going to not tell you what the machlekes is, okay, because it's not a gate over here. Okay, I'm going to just, I'm going to skip by to the people waiting for my Ignore that. That machlekes is not a gate over here. This case is exactly like the case in the Magen Avram. That if you want to hear about it, you could stay. I got my friend. I'll talk to you afterwards. It's exactly like the case of the Magen Avram that it's aim bishlach abish on this. There's not, there's no problem of being a bashon tavis, but there's a different problem. Okay, so there's no problem aim bishlach abish on this. It was cooked already. I told you it goes through 700 degrees to get cooked up. Okay, it's, it's, it was already well cooked the first time. It's aim, it's aim bishlach abish. What? Yeah, they both accept the Magen Avram, but, but. But that's not, that don't go away now. Don't leave this. Oh, no. Which is, Grandma says, there's a problem of noilet. When you take something and turn it from a solid into a liquid, that's an issue. It's probably just a problem. To change something, to do a phase change. That's what says phase change material. And that's the whole point here. It's not an accident that it turns into a liquid. It's on purpose. That's the whole goal here, is to take the solid, turn it into a liquid, because the, the change from a solid into a liquid is what absorbs all the heat, and then can give it back later when it turns back into a solid. So I'll, that thing, I'll, no, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to use them on travels. Okay. Um, I'm going to mention something. Okay. Okay. I know that even though it goes back and forth every time. I believe so. I think when you switch it back and forth, that, I believe so. That that is. Okay. A few little things. Of course, you probably realize, I 
guess it's not such a shy for most people that you shouldn't use the same ones for milk and inflation. Okay, even if you use them, because once you dunk them into a, I, I don't know if such thing as inflation in coffee, but you should not use it for the same as for milk and inflation. Okay, in soup. Okay, I guess you could use it in your soup. Um, for Pesach, a number, a number of the coolers that we mentioned would not apply for Pesach. Okay, so that is to say, is I, I would not recommend that you buy one of these new sort of Pesach. For Pesach, you live with hot coffee for one week of Pesach. You mad at it? No, no, a brand new one for Pesach. Some of the cool, like, like, Iriklirishin, Ramachman for on Pesach. I, I would say, not knowing what the material what it comes from, probably not a Chomet stick issue. No, no, okay. I would be more cautious for Pesach, and especially some of the coolers don't apply. I wouldn't, I would not use it. Right, that's what I'm talking about. Some of the coolers that we mentioned are, are halakhas that I say, this is mutter, this is mutter, this is mutter. Well, a lot of those, this is mutters, are not mutter on Pesach. Okay, talking about Tzvil's Kalim is the thing as follows. What we have over here is. Take away one and I'll talk about Tzvil's Kalim. Okay, for Tzvil's Kalim, the thing is like this. Think, what's going on over here is as follows. What, what you. I got him, you got So go, whoever wants to go, feel free to go. You know what I'm missing? He can miss it. You can go. So, okay, what it is is like this. The material that's in there, what you're using when you dunk this in your coffee. You're going to continue talking? Yeah. Yeah. That's correct. We're not disturbing anybody. When you put this into your coffee, when you put this into your coffee, what you're using in your coffee is not the metal. What you're using is the material that's inside that is not chayv and tefillah, okay, it's a piece of animal, of, of, of vegetables, oil, it's not chayv and tefillah. But, the, the metal is a protection. If you wouldn't have the metal, of course, you would spoil your coffee, you'd be palmitic acid over your coffee, it's not going to do any good for you. So, this is a, the, the metal container, is a container that protects your, the, the, the inside from leaking out. Okay, but it doesn't have a food function. The, the metal doesn't have a food function, but it is used in the use when you eat this food. You use the metal, not for the metal. So it's not like a fork. That the fork is the metal of the fork is what you're using. This is on a protection on the thing that you do want to use. Okay, I believe it's an alchazayin, kufchav alchazayin. That if such a material, if you comes in direct contact with the food, which of course this does, and you, if the way you use the food, the way you use the inside, the, the inside is through this item, which you do over here, you know, that's the way you use it, and it does come in direct contact with food, then it's chayv and tefillah. Okay? What? I, I'm pretty sure it's through the bracha also. It is chayv and tefillah. Okay? So it's chayv and tefillah. Um, if you, if you hold, you're allowed to use it. If you're not, you can use it. Then, if you want to use it for decoration, then no, it's not chayv and tefillah. Okay, thank you.